Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Y'all know how we do. We're talking Auburn sports on this Saturday morning edition of the Uptempo Podcast. You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. Let's go, War Damn Eagle, everybody. Happy Saturday. I hope everybody's having a good weekend. I hope everybody is rested. Blake, how are you, brother? I'm doing well, Dustin. The Auburn Tigers are 1-0 in baseball. We go again today. Joseph Gonzalez back on the bump. Excited for that. Glad he is back. Glad he is healthy. We got a big opportunity in basketball. Get the Kentucky Wildcats at home at 5 p.m. tonight. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm excited. I I think Auburn sports is just booming right now, and and you got to be excited for – the position that we are in. I had a talk last night, Dustin, with a buddy of mine, and he said that if you can really get this Auburn team next season to eight wins, you know, you get you get Auburn to eight and four next year. And being an Auburn fan can be fun again. Mm-hmm. You, you know, like like it can be. We don't have to live in those dark days of of the football program just being absolutely terrible, you know? And because yeah. we're having fun in basketball we're, we're at times, unless we lose on the road. Oh. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, it just, it is what it is with that one. But like, like we know our baseball team's great. Like gymnastics gets a lot of love. I want to shout out, how about women's basketball? Yes, sir. I, Coach Harris, do your thing, baby. Yes. And, and, uh, uh, as a projected tournament team right now. Yeah. Uh, I looked at bracketology last night, and the the women's uh, basketball team is projected in the tournament. So, like, it's fun being an Auburn fan, and if you can get that love and passion uh, for football and, and you can win a couple games there, it could be great over the top. And, and I think we really want to get back to that. So, hey, baseball team, 1 o'clock today. Basketball team, 5 p.m., both on campus, both should be electric, uh, show up and show out. Yeah, absolutely. And I want, I'm want i glad you said that because I wanted to kind of clear some things up, Blake. We um we get a lot of comments, right? And this is the time of year where, because everyone knows football is king in Alabama and people, yeah. want, people want to hear about football. That's what drives the numbers. So, um, but we get, obviously people want to hear basketball because it's basketball season. We got our baseball heads. Me and you are both baseball heads. Um, we want to talk baseball. So kind of what we want to do on the Saturday show is, look, again, Football drives the content at Auburn. It is what it is. So we're going to make the main topic football because at the end of the day, 
me and Blake, we, we got to get we got to get numbers right. Um, we're not we're not doing this for nobody to watch it. Um, so whatever people watch, if if people watch gymnastics in a thousand, we start breaking down gymnastics. Like views drive the content. So what we're going to do on this Saturday morning show is we're going to talk a football topic, but we're going to have segments where we touch on basketball because. Damn it, we got a basketball team that can make a serious run here, and then we're in the middle of the season. We got a baseball team that me and Blake both think have great potential to make it to Omaha. If things go right, baseball's a crazy sport, so a lot of things happen there. So we're going to talk about baseball. We're going to have those segments. Um, but what we're going to do today is we're doing throughout until we get to the spring practice is we're previewing position rooms. We did Tuesday night. We did wide receivers. Today we're going to look at quarterbacks because – well, all our comments, no matter what we do, Blake, we can talk about Auburn versus Alabama and basketball and half the comments. So, so who do you think is going to start in quarterback? So we figured, <laughs> yeah. hey, let's just go ahead and at least get in here and get the quarterback position uh, out of the way. Before we do, I want to get over and holler at the people, man. Tim, the tool man, got in here yesterday when I put up the stream. Tim, we love you, bro. We appreciate you. And good morning, brother. Miss Crotchfelt. Hoping to see your boy on the mound sometime this weekend. She says, good morning from snowy New Jersey. And Blake getting in here. Blake Patterson getting in here and saying, Ward Amigo, we appreciate all you guys. Knox Cleveland, what's up, brother? We appreciate you. And Ant getting the kick discussion started off saying, Hank Brown, baby. All right, well, Blake, let's get into it, buddy. So looking at the starting quarterback last year, we know that was Peyton Thorne. We danced around with the Robbie Ashford thing for a little bit. Going to pull up Peyton Thorne's numbers. Not going to blow anybody away here. 61.1% completion percentage, 16 touchdowns, uh, 10 interceptions for 1,755 yards. Boy, if that ain't an Auburn passing statistic, I don't know what is. That's that's what it's been, unfortunately. Uh, Blake, not what we were expecting, bro. So, um, again, these are the spring previews, right? We're not going to really – we're not going to just harp on last year. I want to start with – where where Peyton Thorne sits right now. And I think that before the bowl game, he was in a comfortable position. You remember the comments that Hugh made? We're bringing back a quarterback that's won a lot of games. He said something about the winning. It was a bad stat that he tried to throw out, but he was, he was trying to help his guy or whatever. Um, and then Peyton Thorne comes out there and has an abysmal bowl game, uh, that pick six where he just – he did it all year type thing. You see him do it at Vanderbilt, and you try to shake it off, and he does it again, just staring a guy down. Um, you're down 21-0 to before you can even look up, and he just didn't seem – it just – the inconsistency, right? You saw the fire when he trucks the guy at Arkansas. And then you see at LSU where he steps out of bounds on fourth and, you know, short of a fourth down, it just gives LSU – like literally just gave up. It was just inconsistent back and forth. So, I think that going into Nashville – Peyton Thorne was kind of sitting in that seat. And then Hugh said in the postgame afterwards, this thing's up in the air now. So I would, I mean, I would say that he's, I guess he's the favorite Blake coming into spring. Mm -hmm. like, it's barely right. I mean, he's hanging on here. How many bad practice? I'll ask you this, how many bad practices away? If they have that first scrimmage of spring practice and, and one of the other guys, it's the same thing it was last year where Holden or Robbie or whoever, you know, I know Robbie's not here anymore, but insert, you know, uh, insert Hank Brown or, or Walker, whatever. Yeah. If he's the second or third best guy in the scrimmage, he's going to, I mean, it's going to get real for him, right? Yeah, he's, he's going to lose. Um, I, I think, I think last year had a lot to do with, you went to the transfer portal, you got Peyton, you brought him in, um, and, and it, it just felt like he had to play. 
You know, it, it felt like he had to play. He he had all the experience, um, and you know he's played in big time college football games. But last year, it it just didn't work. It it didn't get off on a great start. Like the game at Cal, he he, mm. you know he he. What was it? The first second offensive play where he he tried to pitch it out of bounds and they picked it off and it yes. ended up being you know he uh, and out of bounds and we got yeah. lucky yeah yeah we got lucky uh, that could have been disastrous we could have lost that football game he didn't mm-hmm. look great in that game at all uh, we go to a and m and it was just another I mean he looked like a deer in headlights it was another disaster he had Jay Fair down the sideline and he threw it up into the third row of the stands. Um, it just it never clicked. It never clicked, and you know you can sit here and say it clicked against Mississippi State, Arkansas, and Vanderbilt. But I'm gonna sit here and tell you that those are the three worst teams in the Southeastern Conference. So Auburn should beat Mississippi State, Arkansas, and Vanderbilt. Auburn should never lose to those teams ever. Should never happen, and so. You know, you can get excited about it, and and I, I thought he played well in the Iron Bowl. I think there was some throws in the Iron Bowl uh, that that he could have been helped on. I think there was a couple throws in the Georgia game that he could have been helped on. But mm-hmm. as far as people, people, I don't think people respect him in the passing game. I don't think DCs respect Peyton Thorne in the passing game. I just maybe maybe it could be they don't respect our wide receivers you know, last year. Maybe that could be it. I don't know. But I think if he comes out, Dustin, in spring and it's another so-so performance, like if he goes through spring ball and then he gets into A-Day and he's still we're still seeing the same things, I think you got to go a different direction. Like I, I can't I can't sit here and keep watching um, just mediocre play. Okay, because I'm not for, and and my thing is, is I don't want to throw Walker White into the fire as a right. true freshman. I I don't want that to happen because, like I said, I know exactly what Auburn fans would do to him. The minute Walker White went out and had a bad game, or he was so so on the road as a true freshman, everybody would 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 hop on social media and Walker White's not the answer. I don't know why we did this. I know how it goes. I've seen it a million times. So has Dustin. And I think I I just don't want that for Walker's confidence. And I look at Hank Brown. I think I think everybody stepped their play up when Hank Brown come into the bowl game. I can't hear you, Dustin. You good. Um, I just said, every, all, all the receivers that looked bad the first half, right? All of a sudden, Cam Brown's catching the ball in stride. The, 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 okay, so it's it's a uh, is Hank Brown? Um, uh, is he more vocal in the huddle? Is he more vocal on the sidelines? That was a big thing with me with PT. Is he just doesn't seem he doesn't seem vocal. He doesn't seem like a leader. Every time you see him, it's just kind of like a deer in headlights look. I don't know him personally. I don't I don't know what he's actually like. I'm just saying from what I see, it just kind of looks like I, is he a leader in that huddle? 
and it looked like Hank Brown stepped in. Hey, this is my time to shine. I'm going to go take the best of the opportunities that I've been given. Now, I know that Maryland was had backups in. They were playing soft zone and everything like that. I get it. But he still was accurate. He still threw the uh, deep ball down the field for 53 yards to Corey Burton. I mean, uh, Caleb Burton. Uh, so, it's 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 he's gonna be the favorite. He's gonna be the favorite. Yeah, it was Knox. It was one hundred percent. But he's going to be the favorite. But I just can't sit here and watch mediocre play. I, I, I can't. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, I, I think, like you said, he's the favorite, but he's on. He's on. You know, just look. It's. I've heard so many different theories, right? Like, you've heard the theory that it was, well, he cost a lot for NIL, so they had to play him. Um, Our guy Ant says, the pressing narrative, this year if he's pressing, then Holden, Hank, or Walker White will be the starter. Told people last year, nine was the best QB, but some people wanted PT. Yeah, and I'll be honest with you. I mean, I'm glad that we don't have to have that discussion for another year. (laughs) Um, my, My thing with that always was, I never wanted us to step back and throw the ball 25 times with Robbie. I just got to the point where I felt like the best way to win it was maybe throw the ball 10 times total and kind of run the ball a lot with Robbie and just do Mm -hmm. it that way because I just didn't see the options at wide receiver. I didn't see a consistent pass blocking from the offensive line. And then it wasn't like the passing from Peyton Thorne was just so much better, right? Like he was supposed to be the better passer in the room, and it wasn't that much better. Like he was better than Robbie, yeah, sure, but – I, he wasn't knocking it out of the park, bro. He wasn't just killing it. He wasn't, he wasn't leaving no doubt type mm-hmm. thing. Um, now, the important thing to, to talk about here, Blake, is now it's Hugh Freeze running the show. Does it look – is there more continuity just with the offense as a whole? Is it yep. not – you know, we heard several times that, um, our, that during the week – they would start off with a game plan and halfway through the game plan or halfway through the week in practice, they were like, ah, let's switch it up. Mm-hmm. To me, when I was hearing that during the season, I was like, man, that sounds like Philip Montgomery and Hugh Freeze aren't on the same page. And then Hugh Freeze goes in a press conference and he says certain things and you're like, you're struggling to give it up. You're struggling with it. It sounds like you guys aren't on the same page. And then you watch the games and it's, we're, we're, we're not even getting, we're switching out quarterbacks so much sometimes that we're getting delay of games. And then we do. We made that mistake one week, and then we made that mistake again the next week, and then we would make a similar mistake down the line. So it just the continuity was never there. Uh, it was never on the same page. So does Hugh Freeze just come in, lay down the law, and say, "Nope, I'm running the show." And I mean, that's what we th- that's what's happening, right? With him bringing in Derek Nix, that's that's what is understood he's doing. So I'm coming in here. I'm running the show. We're doing my stuff. Does that make the difference for Peyton Thorne? Now is it okay? I know what our game plan is. I know what we're doing. I can. I, he has because remember he came in. He wasn't. He came in after spring last year. Just coming in. This so already being here, having this whole spring, knowing the offense. They're being a clear vision on offense. And I'll say it. We had a question, and I, I wish I would have wrote down who it was. But we promised, and we were going to answer the question. Somebody asked us in our last video in the comments, how many of the freeze four ends up starting by the end of the season at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I think Cam Coleman starts from day one, and I think that Perry Thompson is starting by the end of the year. So my answer to that is two, and I think that all four play enough time that they don't redshirt. So I say all that to say, 
I think that the weapons around Peyton Thorne are better. I think that Rivaldo Fairweather coming back for another year is better. I mm-hmm. think that the offensive line should be improved and be better. Um, they should be more consistent. I'm so y'all know how excited I am. I think Connor Lou will be the best damn center in the SEC next year. Gonna have that guy holding it down up front. I'm 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 confident, I'm excited in the next step the offensive line is gonna take. Um Hugh Freeze running his show. Look, last year was the first time in his career that he gave it up, and that's how it looked. So I'm hoping that it looks like all the other years that he was running the show. So what does all that mean for Peyton Thorne? Is he able to come in, you know, in the spring and say, okay, but I'm saying that this spring is as crucial as the spring as we've seen for a returning starter at Auburn in a long time. Because you, you, he can lose it. You started almost every game last year. I mean, I don't know Robbie started versus Ole Miss, whatever, right? Um, but you you were basically QB1 throughout the whole season, and you're coming into this next year, and guys that have thrown, what, Hank Brown through nine passes, Holden through 15, and Walker White through zero, and all these guys, they're, they're in the mix. Like, you you haven't locked it down. Yep. So, if you're Peyton Thorne, you got to come out there day one, bro, and throw freaking darts. And to your point, it's got to be upped. The juice has got to be up. I know. I get it. That's not your style, right? You're not the the, the Tom Brady, the rah-rah, get in. That's fine. You're more of a laid back. But there's got to be some juice, Blake. You got to have some juice if you're the QB, bro. You got to have something. I want what I want the Peyton Thorne that truck that dude in Fayetteville every freaking day. That's the Peyton Thorne that Auburn needs. That turn around and say, get off me. You got mm-hmm. it in you because we saw you do it. Bring it consistently. Bring that. Bring it in the spring, Blake. You got to bring it every day, so it so we get to the season and you, and we don't go six and freaking seven. Because if everyone's going to ask us, what are we? What, what are we going nine and two, nine and two, or nine and three, ten and two? Can we go eleven and one? Man, it starts right. Whatever you want to do starts now. It starts <laughs> right now. Good teams that win titles, the road starts in. The, really, the day the season's over. So, Auburn, the, the goofing off and the being late and all that kind of man, Peyton Thorne's got to be that guy, that guy. That if there's a if there's a receiver, Blake, that maybe maybe he's one of the better receivers in the room, but he shows up ten minutes late for something he shouldn't have been late for. Maybe Peyton Thorne needs to step up and say, you know what, you're not going to be in this workout today because you can't freaking be here on time, and I don't yep. care how good you are. But he's got to step up to your point and be that vocal leader, bro. That's a good point you made. Absolutely, and that's my biggest thing. And I wanted to touch on on Blake's comment right here. He says, I will lose my mind if they trot PT out game after game and he is playing like last year. Mm. That is that's my that's that's my thing. And and it's I'm it's not a knock on PT. I'm not I don't want to sit here and say that he can't do it. He can't be that guy. Because I always go back to the point of he showed up last year late. Uh, he he come in the second transfer portal window. So he was late. He missed spring ball. He was in Philip Montgomery's offense. All right. It, and it just looked like he didn't fit. Can we see him correct it in spring ball? Get in A Day, have a full camp, go through summer workouts, go through fall camp. Could it happen? And he get it together in Hughes' offense. We don't have to worry about rotating quarterbacks and all of that stuff. Could it happen? Yeah, it could happen. It could. 
but I got like I, I'm with you. I, I just got to see the juices. I, I got to see you step up and be a leader because it, last year the word was we need somebody on offense to be that leader. We don't have that voice. Like we need somebody to step up. You had it on defense because you had DJ James, you had Marcus Harris, you had Jalen Simpson, you had Nehemiah Pritchett, you had all those cats over there, Eugene Asante. Uh, you had all those cats over there that they they wanted to be leaders. They were the bright spot. But on offense, we didn't see anything until Rivaldo Fairweather, after the last second of your season had ticked off the clock, steps up and says, hey, man, like we got to change some things. Why why weren't we changing things during the entire year? Right. And it starts at the quarterback position. Man, all eyes are on you when you're in that huddle and you're on the field. You got to be that guy. I think Peyton. I, th- I think that's what Hughes looking for is for him to have that full camp, for him to grow, and maybe. You know, hey, saying this thing is wide open, maybe that that little spark or or something, and I don't know, I don't know, Dustin. It, it's I I thought we would get a better showing from Peyton Thorne in year one. I I really really thought that him playing in those big time games in the Big Ten and taking Michigan down to the wire, and they should have beat Michigan, uh, and and playing in a Peach Bowl, and I just thought that. When he come to Auburn, he would be better than seventeen hundred yards passing. I thought he would be better than a sixty-one percent com, uh, completion percentage. I just, what did he? What did he have? Uh, Sixteen touchdowns to ten picks. Yeah. I mean, come on. We got to be better. We got to protect the football better too. Uh, look, I'll tell you something about that. That pick six against Maryland. He predetermined that throw before they ever got to the line of scrimmage. Yeah. It was pre- it was that's so predetermined. Pre-snap, I'm throwing it here no matter what. He snapped it, look left, let it go, pick 6. Cuz you yeah. remember he had the slant, he had the slant over the middle. Bang, right there it was it was open. It it, it was just we got to get away from that. And and we got to get we got to get better. And, and you brought up the great point about the offensive line. The offensive line will be better. Connor Liu anchoring that thing down. They hit the portal. Got some nice pieces. Yeah. Uh, the wide receivers obviously will be better. I think, you know, we, we go back to the Georgia game. I think that that back shoulder throw to Malcolm Johnson Jr., that was a great ball from PT. If we can get that. And, and actual playmakers who can come down with that ball, it might look a little better for him. So, at the end of the day, I just want a true quarterback competition, Dustin. I want us to get whoever is playing best in the scrimmages in, in fall camp, whoever is the most accurate and, and the one that we're hearing is just putting himself ahead of everybody, that's who I want it to be. All right. Yeah, let the play determine it. Experience, all that other kind of stuff, pressing, this, that, and the other. Like, just whoever's the best, man, like you said. And, I mean, we've talked about it a lot. We just don't feel like 
there's been real competitions on the planes for a while. It just feels like going into the season, they already got QB one circled, and then. But it's like it, last year, we we anoint him as QB one because it would get the monkey off his back, right. and he would stop pressing. And then at A and M, he looks like a deer in headlights. It's just like, and and even at Cal, in my opinion, he just he he looked lost. Right. And I'm like, hold on, we we made you QB one to get you to stop pressing, so you had full control of the offense and didn't have to worry about Robbie on your heels. But it just it looks, like, I mean, he he looked like a true freshman out there. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know. That's that that was my biggest thing. I don't know. Yeah, so I was sitting, um, I was sitting behind the sidelines for the New Mexico State and the um, the bowl game, right? The Music City Bowl, and I watched. It's more specifically the Music City Bowl because I was just beyond pissed at the New Mexico State game. But I was just, I was watching certain people on the sidelines, and Peyton Thorne was one of them. And there was never a moment, bro. There was never a get up and like rah rah moment. And you ain't gotta be Baker Mayfield, dude. You know, you ain't gotta be that guy. But just sitting off to the side when it's 21 to zero, like the game slipping away, you're the QB. I see somebody said in the comments that the QB has to be the vocal leader. Blake Patterson says it. Look, I love that Rivaldo wants to step up and be that guy because it, it takes more than one leader. You need a locker room full of leaders. But to Blake Patterson's point, boy, the quarterback is the leader of the team. Like, you're looking at the quarterback to be the franchise. You're looking at him to be the guy to run the show. You, there's got to be something there. You, you Again, you don't have to be Cam Newton. You, you don't have to be Baker Mayfield. You don't have to be those kind of guys. But there's got to be more than just sitting in silence as we're getting drilled. It can't be that. You got to step up, man, and get these guys get these guys fired up and be a leader and, and be the guy that the team can look to. But to that point also, you got to play well. Because you can talk all that in the world. If you're not playing well, they don't want to hear it. So you got to show them something on the field or they're not they're not going to listen to it. Um, Jeff Taylor says, where does Peyton Thorne sit, Dustin? I can only hope on the bench. I hear you, Jeff. I've never really been a big Peyton Thorne believer, but that means that the guys underneath him got to step up. Uh, Jeff says that he's been on the Walker White train since signing day, I believe. Yeah, I mean, look, we're all really excited for uh, Walker White's ability and talent and all that. Um I, I just kind of – it's so rare that a true freshman comes in and just ready to take over an SEC team that I'm I'm going to go with what the odds say and say it's going to take him some time. And if he comes in and he shocks everybody and he takes the job, then cool. I'm definitely not going to complain, right? But I'm just – I don't have um, – I want to see – what you got to do is, is when you get your New Mexico States, you got to blow them out so the Walker Whites can get in and get their reps. So that's what I want this yeah. year is – Let's handle the teams we're supposed to handle. That way, guys like Walker White can get in there and get their experience. Um, unless Walker White's that dude, if he ends up starting, we might be in some trouble. Dustin, can I – I want to touch on this one real quick. Yeah, go ahead, bro. I thought this was interesting from Brad. First-year QBs at Ole Miss and Liberty University under head coach Hugh Freeze – had 368 and 452 pass attempts, respectively. PT had 238 attempts. Wild. Brad, that's great stuff. And <laughs> I think this is part of what Dustin touched on earlier. Philip Montgomery and Hugh Freeze just weren't on the same page. 
did that trickle down to Peyton Thorne not being on the same page? Peyton Thorne not being comfortable. Is Peyton Thorne more comfortable with Hugh Freeze? We gotta we gotta see. We gotta wait and see. Uh is Peyton Thorne is he more comfortable in that RPO stuff with Hugh Freeze? Is that does that better fit him? When I always felt like when Peyton used his legs, it made things easier for him. Uh, and and when they used him in the RPO stuff, it made life easier for him. So when we see that one hundred percent this year, and there's no Philip Montgomery, right. uh, will will life be better? Will life be better for PT when he's got a Cam Coleman out there and he can throw a fifty fifty ball, and Cam Coleman goes up and gets it? You know, I. I remember the throw. Uh, he threw the 50-50 ball to Rivaldo, and I'm, this isn't a knock at Rivaldo because I, th- I think he was excellent. I think he's going to be great this year, but Rivaldo couldn't come down with it. But my point is you're having to throw 50-50 balls to your tight end because he's the only guy that you got. You're having to split your tight end out wide and throw 50-50 balls to him because he's all you got. So – he was in a tough spot last year. I know he didn't play well, but we do, we do got to see him in spring, and we got to see him in a day. And I know Knox, I agree one hundred percent, Dustin. I know you do as well. Uh, only yeah. averaging one hundred thirty-five passing yards is not going to win. It's not. It's not. And it was rough and Auburn's offense has been roughed. I don't know about you guys, but I, I'm tired of, um, I'm, I'm tired of being the laughing stock of the Southeastern conference when it comes to offense. I am. And it's, it's, it's got to change this year. And in year two, I think this is a super important year, Dustin, for, for Hugh freeze. Mm-hmm. I, I think you got to start getting it right. And, What's what's going to be the great thing about this is our schedule really favors us at the beginning. You get the home games, and it's against teams that you should beat. Now, when you get to Oklahoma, you know we can we'll we'll talk about that one. Right. That's going to be a tough one. But we should start four and zero. No reason the Auburn Tigers should start any less than four and zero next year. You get all those at Jordan Hare. You're going to have hostile environments. You should win all four of those football games. In my opinion, you should be 5-0 and going into Athens, Georgia. I think you should beat Oklahoma. But we'll talk about that at a later date. <laughs> I, I just think uh, – I just think we – a part of us has – a part of us have to give Peyton a shot. Right. We, we can't – I know he played bad. I know it wasn't great. But a part of us – we have to sit here and look at the big picture. We have to give him a chance to go through spring, go through summer workouts, go through fall camp because Brad just keeps just hammering bangers in the chat. <laughs> Seven games with less than 20 attempts. We got to give him a chance with Hugh Freeze. So that's where I'm kind of at. Do I, I, I don't know. I don't know who's going to be the starting quarterback. Nine games with under 200 yards passing and six with under 150. Again, my my thing with this is is yeah, it's not good. <laughs> it's not. I, it's not. But is that is that Philip Montgomery, Dustin? 
is that Philip Montgomery and Hugh Freeze. Like that's my that we gotta give him a chance with just Hugh Freeze. Does yeah. does Derek Nix make that does Derek Nix make that jump? Is Derek Nix better than Philip Montgomery? Um, I think he's gonna work better with Hugh because I think the roles yeah. are gonna be defined more. Um, Greg says that we got to have a QB decided before we got to have a QB decided before the season. We can't figure it out when the season starts. Yeah, I mean, I hear you. If, once you start, uh, once you start switching QBs in the middle of the year, things probably aren't going the best. That's probably mm-hmm. what that means. And then Greg also says that if you look at the energy when Hank Brown came in the bowl game, tells him that the players aren't behind PT. This is a good point. This is a very good point. Now. Um, you have, you know, yeah. you have a lot of roster turnover from year to year, and he can easily come back out this year, this spring, and take right over. If Peyton Thorne comes out there every day, because that's what that's what it really – we can talk, dude. We can pontificate. We can go back and forth about all this different stuff. What matters is the damn results, the ball. If Peyton Thorne comes out there in the practices and he's completing balls and then they go to scrimmage and he's throwing balls all over the place and they're being called for touchdowns, then – Then the players will be behind him, the coaches will be behind him, and everything will be fine. That's really, that's really what it is. So he can end all of it by playing well. But what he can't do is come out on Tuesday and be the best quarterback out there, and then come out on Wednesday and be the third best quarterback out there. Because at some like you're the vet. At some point, the coaches are gonna go, well, let me just see what the young guys got, because I know what this is. So yeah, I, I hear you, Greg. Um, I thought that as well. I mean, I, I you know I was there and it just I text Blake and the guy our, our members know in the group chat and like the first quarter I said, guys, they don't care. Like I don't know any other way to tell you, but like Maryland's players are over there jumping around and our guys are sitting down and and yeah. like didn't come out like Tiger Walk, no juice, ran on the field, no juice. The whole sideline, the whole time, no juice. I don't know if they were too cold. I don't know if they thought they were too good for the Music City Bowl. I don't know what it was. Um, at the two Greg's point, whenever Hank Brown came up, people stood up. That's a fact. The, the sideline stood up, and they started clapping, and people started participating. So it's a it's an interesting point that you make, Greg. Uh, um, I think last year's team got to the point they were over Peyton Thorne. I think that became kind of obvious in Nissan Stadium in Nashville. Um, so can he win it back? Can he win it back? I mean, he's a, he's listen from everything we hear. He's a good dude that works hard. Right. So yep. it's not, it's not <clears> like he's a guy that's slacking off. He's a coach's kid. He, he, he wants to win. Um, I think he knows the right thing to do on the field. I think it's the execution part. And you touched on it, Blake. I think a lot of it's just mental. And then I think you also made a good point talking about Cal. Did it, did he, did he have a bad performance at Cal and then he had a bad performance at AM and it just kind of snowball? It just kind of gets to that point to where his confidence got shook and he didn't have it. And then Phillip and Hugh weren't on the same page. And it was just this this big whole mess where no one ever really knew what was going on. No one was yep. really confident in what was happening. Um, it just kind of seemed that way. And then, you know, <laughs> I, I think back to times when Peyton Thorne was driving the ball down the field and we switched out for Robbie and got a freaking delay a game. And now all of a sudden we're, we were in second and two and now we're in second and eight. And then we get an incomplete pass and now we're in third and eight. And that's all coaching. That's all coaching. So coaching a lot of times put our quarterbacks in terrible positions and Hugh free said it on, on the podium or at the podium after the bowl game. He said, I did not do a good job this year. That's what he said. 
So I didn't yep. do a good job this year. So to be fair to Peyton Thorne, to be fair to everybody on the offense, I don't think that the that the game plan. I mean, and then that was another thing too, right? Was Hugh coming out after games and being like, "I didn't like the game plan all week." It's like, <laughs> good. Well, then why did we go through with it, bro? Then why did we do it? Yep. Uh, yeah. So I, I, to be fair, it, this is um, it's really not a black and white, man. You can't. There's not one or two things that you can point at and go. Peyton's got to do this, or this guy's got to do this, and this receiver. I mean, like, where Auburn is offensively, our numbers are so like 1972-ish that it's not one person. Yep. It's you know, it's not one thing. And at this point, I think a lot of it's in the psyche. I think that Auburn is just. I, I talk about it with the big games all the time. How we got to make a big play in a big game again, so we can just believe it's going to happen. I think our offense has got to have a good season to believe it's going to happen. I think that we have to see touchdowns and production for long stretches before those guys in that or in those rooms, in that running back room. You know, because like a guy like Jarquez, Blake, he's been here three years and he's been part of bad offenses. Whether he can hake and do and say all the right things, in the back of his mind, there's yeah. got to be this thing of like yeah. when it starts going bad, like, man, here it goes. We can't get right on off. That's got to be there. And these guys that have been here for a couple of years. So coming out the gate early, like you said, you got a good opportunity in that early schedule. Bang, 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 man. Come out, score some points, be consistent. And what's so frustrating about Auburn over the last decade is that if we just had a half-ass offense, just a half-ass offense, we would have at least been winning eight, nine games in some of these seasons where we were winning six and seven. And 2019, if we just had a decent offense – Man, we would have been filthy. We yep. would have been. I mean, y'all saw what we did in Baton Rouge that day. That defense was sick. How mm-hmm. many, uh, you know, Ke- and then you saw a lot of times Kevin Steele's defenses at the end of the year, they fell apart because they've been on a field all year. So I think a lot of the two men is just mental on that side of the ball in general. Just like we got, we got to see it. I mean, what, 20s, 2017 was the last real productive year on offense. Like, I don't think those guys in that room believe it, Blake. Yep. There's got to be I, doubt in the back of their mind. I want to do, uh, I wanted to touch on I wanted to touch on a comment real quick, Dustin. Michael says Hugh will play multiple QBs in the first one to three games before he decides on his QB one. He'll want to see them in game situations. I I'm gonna say this real quick. I think this is I, I, I do not like this at all. <laughs> no. I, I don't think this is the route you need to go. And and Michael. I, the reason I'm going to say this is because if you go this route, you're basically doing the same thing that you did last year mm. with you're not my quarterback one. I'm putting you out there, but we're going to just see how it goes. So if if you got you got whoever you put out there, he's right here on his shoulder going, hey, man, if I if I make a mistake right here, like. If I don't, if I don't, if if I don't play well right here, I'm probably not getting back in. I I don't like that. I think you have to go in game one with a concrete decision of who of who is QB one, and you have to let them know, hey, you're the guy. We're not doing any of this switching up. We're not getting to you know LSU's forty. 45 yard line and bringing Robbie in and you know you hear a different cadence you got uh, you get like 
Dustin said, you get a false start or, you know, whatever, a delay a game, whatever. You got to stick with one guy. You got to stick with one guy. Because I'm telling you, Cal's going to be much improved, and it's not going to be a game to sleep on. All right, we win that game. But if you go back and look at Cal's season, folks, they were projected to win like three games last year, and they went to a bowl game. All right, so we can't sleep on them like we did last year because we, we can't almost sleep on anybody, Blake. I hate to cut you off, but we all can't sleep on anybody right now. I was at the New Mexico State You can't sleep on a damn when we do toss boss and all that kind of stuff next year. I'm not having a listen to me now. There is not a <laughs> single game I'm going to have with Auburn as a boss. Alabama A&M, yep. toss up to me. Sorry, buddy. No, no, no. Go off. Go off, brother, because th- that's my thing is is we we just – we can't go into any game next year just marking it down as a dub because we saw last year that that's not the case. So I just think you have to go in with your quarterback and you can't be rotating quarterbacks in and out and – uh, in, in you're heading into Arkansas week and you don't even know who your starting quarterback is. Man, we're heading into SEC play and we don't even know who our starting quarterback is. I think that is trouble for Auburn, Dustin. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I know that Ike, Ike's in the chat. Ike said he was not a big fan of that either. And we know that Brad's not saying – or Michael, excuse me. Michael, we know that you're not a fan of it either. We know that you're saying that's just what you think is going to yeah. happen. Um, so, to the old point of our episode here, and I want to touch on the other quarterbacks real quick, Blake, because um, this is a, a preview of looking at the rooms in the spring. Um, but so, to that point, Michael – Pretty important spring for Peyton Thorne, bro. You got to come out. And he comes out here in this A-Day and goes five for 12. And then Holden's, I don't know, like six for 10. And then all the Hanks, you know, Hanks eight for 11 or something like that. It's going to, it's just going to, you're going to have the same discussion we're having right now all the way through the summer. And then what you're talking about, Michael, might be the case. So if somebody doesn't take this job in the spring, grab it by the reins, man, take control. What you're talking about, Michael, we could see it. And if we do see it, like what Blake said uh, and what Ike's saying in the chat, like, bro, that's trouble. That's that's trouble. You need you want to come in and, and know what it is and have a game. I would rather – if it was Walker White, Blake, I would rather know that day one and say, all right, let's ride. Yep. Let's go. You know, or Hank Brown or Holden because we'll look at him real quick. Um, I mean, Holden, he was 33, uh, 33% on completions. Uh, one interception, only 75 yards. It's not going to knock him too much because he was 5 of 15. He only had five attempts. But it is worth pointing out that he was the first one off the bench in the Music City Bowl, and Hugh said, nope, I don't like this either. So let me check out this guy, Hank Brown. And then Hank comes in, goes 7 for 9, completing 77.8% of his passes for 132 yards, didn't throw any touchdowns. Like we talked about earlier, the – um. The pass to Caleb Burton was just beautiful. And like uh, like I said, man, when he came in and he completed a couple passes, that whole sideline stood up. And I thought that that was just about as telling as anything else. Um, so Peyton Thorne's got a task ahead of him. Blake, when we look at the other guys in the room, let's say it's not Peyton Thorne. Who is it? Mm. Mm-hmm. I think Holden transfers. Yeah, you've been clear on that for about a year. Yep. I, I think Holden transfers. Um, I think he's going to hit that second portal window after spring. 
I'm not counting Hank out. I'm not. I know a lot of people want Walker uh, right out the gate, but I'm not counting the baby goat out. I think Hank Brown has a legitimate shot to win the quarterback spot. If it's Walker and you want to you want to take the growing pains and you want to ride day one, I just don't want I just don't want that to happen the way I know it would happen, Dustin. Oh, is yeah. him right. struggle and then yeah. like I I just yeah I don't want I don't want the confidence to go out the window yeah. because perfect example all right how is Aiden Holloway getting treated right now hmm. yeah yeah Pe- people are, people are all over Aiden Aiden's a bust Aiden's a bust Aiden Aiden ain't doing this Aiden ain't doing that all right. Aiden might need a little time to adjust to the college basketball level. Not everybody comes in and clicks just like that. All right. Look at Trey. Yeah. I mean, you gotta you gotta give a man some time. It's different than high school. I know Aiden was dropping 30 in high school. All right. It's a different league. Is things are different. So it's the same way in football, bro. Yeah, this dude can be an absolute dog in high school. Spencer Rattler ring a bell? Guess what? He just won MVP at the Senior Bowl. He, I was, I was there at practice. Dude was dogging all week in practice at the Senior Bowl. Scouts just sitting there. Oh my God, man! Spencer Rattler, dog stock steadily rising. Well, guess what? Spencer Rattler is as a freshman at Oklahoma, as a sophomore at Oklahoma, got benched for Caleb Williams. All right, they told him to get out of town. So it might take a guy a little getting used to that college level. And when you get Walker to come in as a true freshman and he, I just know the treatment that he would get if he, if he struggled. And I, I just don't want the confidence to go out the window. Uh, I think you got a guy in Hank Brown that's got a rocket of an arm. He's got all the arm strength. He can make all the throws. Like you said, with your point, uh, if it's not Peyton, you got a guy that the team looked like they got behind. He was positive post-game, and um, he's comfortable in Hugh Freeze's offense. Obviously, he was a dog in Tennessee, and he went to he was going to Liberty with Hugh Freeze, and when Hugh Freeze took the job, he come to Auburn. So I think we could be comfortable with Hank Brown, but I, I definitely think Holden transfers. I think he's the one to go. Yeah, I hear you. Um, I'm – I. I was hesitant on that for a while because I think that Holden wants to be at Auburn, but the more it goes on, it's like, I just don't know if he's going to get that opportunity. Um, Drexel asks, can Hank run the ball though? So this is, this is, this is a part of my question about Holden. Now, Hugh, like I think that if you listen to Hugh and some of his press conferences, he's said and done certain things that were like directly him they were him trying to make sure Holden, like he was saying stuff to talk to Holden. Like you could hear points and go, oh, that's him trying to keep Holden on the roster. So that tells me that like he wants to keep Holden. Um, and then so that kind of to, 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 so to the question that I have about like can Holden run the ball and that kind of thing, that kind of answers it for me. I say to myself, okay, well, Hugh wants him. So I tie that into this one, Drexel. Um, Hugh wanted him at Liberty. And then he wanted him enough to bring him to Auburn. So Hugh thinks that Hank Brown can run his system. So whatever, 
Like, can he be great running the ball? I don't know. But Hugh thinks that he can do whatever it is well enough to run his system. So he wanted him at Liberty. He wanted him at Auburn. I think that kind of answers that question. How great of a runner he can be, I don't know. You know, but obviously he thinks he can do it effective enough to run the RPO. And then uh, Greg with a lot of good points today. He said that uh, I have heard uh, Hank on Locked On and the kid has been waiting on an opportunity. He said he had been studying film and he was ready. The kid wants it. So you guys remember, um, I believe it was with our guys at War Report that TJ Finley said, hey, when I got my opportunity, when Bo got hurt, I hadn't prepared to be a starter. And that was on me. I don't know. I think he said that on War Report, but I remember TJ saying that, right? Um, so good on Hank because there's an example right there of I'm starting every week. I'm preparing like I'm starting. And then when I do get my opportunity, boy, I'll go seven for nine and I'll drop dimes all over the place and I'll have everybody all spring talking about if I should be the guy. So, yeah, good on Hank. And I, I've watched him on Locked On as well. Uh, a very well-spoken kid, you know, like I definitely I definitely wasn't that well-spoken at 18 years old. He's an impressive young man. And then he comes it on the is. field and, and he drops dimes. So, uh, I, you know, Cool. And I, uh, I never, I always kind of doubted him just, you know, just was like, well, high school ranking, that kind of deal. Um, the level of ball that he played in high school and all that kind of stuff. But listen, I'm coming around, man. I mean, all you got to do is get up there on that field and do the damn thing. So to answer my question about who I think it would be, I think if it's not, if it's not, uh, it's not paid it's going to have to be Hank, right? Like just based off this, we don't have, cause we don't have a whole lot of sample size. But from what we saw from Holden, it wasn't all that great when he did get a shot. And then Hank got a shot versus the exact same team and did his thing. So uh, we don't have a whole lot of stuff to go off of there. And then if it does get to the point, y'all, to where Hugh just has to say, all right, Walker White's going in there. We're probably floating around like four and four or something. And the offense is probably looking pretty bad. And that would mean that like Walker has shown enough in practice. See, for Walker, you your point about like speed of the game, is one thing. So, like, you know, in, in Arkansas, in high school ball, is he able to run over here, run over there, and stop playing his foot and throw? Because he has all the tools, right? He can throw an absolute rope. So, is he able just off of pure athleticism to play in his foot and throw a 40-yard rope across the field that finds his receiver? Well, he might try something like that the first day at practice at Auburn, and Sylvester Smith might come in there and say, give me that. Colton Hood might come in there and say, no, sir, not right here. Keontae Scott might step up and say, nah, buddy, this ain't Arkansas high school ball. So that's how that goes. Um, so one, adapting to the speed, you know, getting adjusted to just the speed of the game at the SEC level will be really critical for him. It, it really is for every player, but especially quarterback. And then two, picking up the offense. As far as all the guys in the room, Drexel, I think that, that Walker White, is the first one that Hugh Freeze circled and said, this is the guy that I want to run my system at Auburn. Mm-hmm. He's the first, this is the first guy that he got out of the QB ranks to come play at Auburn. He thinks that Hank Brown, or excuse me, um, that Walker White can play SEC quarterback at Auburn. Uh, so as far as like system fit, I think Walker White's the best. It's just going to be, can he get adapted and all that kind of stuff. Perfect scenario as we wrap up this discussion. And Blake, if you have any more thoughts, um, I would say perfect scenario is this. Peyton Thorne 
figures it out enough to, like I said the other day, be Chris Todd, be 2009 Chris Todd, give yep. us 20 touchdowns, 21 touchdowns to six, seven picks, something like that, 2,500 yards, around 65 to 67 completion percentage. I think that is a realistic goal, and then we run the ball well and protect the football on offense. I think that's the best route for us. And then first the Alabama A&Ms versus those kind of teams, you actually get up by 50. That way, Walker White can come in and get his reps. Or Hank Brown, whoever is in practice, is going, I'm that next guy up after Peyton Thorne. Um, that, for me, is, is my hope and wish for how, how the way this all plays out this spring. I can't disagree. I mean, we got to hope Peyton takes that step in Hughes' system. And we just – I think we got to sit here and, and hope that uh, Philip Montgomery was the problem with, with Peyton Thorne. And uh, when Hugh Freeze and, and Derek Nix get their hands on everything and their game plan, and uh, Peyton Thorne really fits what they're trying to do. I, I just think that's the that's the most positive route for Auburn to have a successful season, and we don't have to keep going through six and seven or seven and five or seven and six with another bowl loss and all of this stuff. I think. If it does start going like Brad's saying in the comments, if if, if Walker does have to step in midweek, uh, midseason, and we're four and four, um, people are going to have a lot of questions. People are going to be questioning a lot of things. <laughs> and it's year two, and you want to see improvement. People are going to start saying things. And uh, I hope that's not the case. I, I really do, Brad, because – I think we're – I saw in I saw in the comments earlier where everybody was just saying that that the last three years have been super painful, and Malzahn had us at eight and four, and I agree with that. The last three years have been super painful, but this year you don't want something like that to happen where you're rotating quarterbacks again. Mm-hmm. And and because people are you're you're sitting at four and four, I can already tell you what people are gonna say. It's the same thing they said at, at Missouri with Eli Drinkwitz. Is he the guy? Do do we do we fire him? Like I know it's only year two, but we're we're just we're not getting any better. That it's the day and age of college football that we live in. I hate it because coaches used to get four years, you know, to try to turn a program around. Now it's in year two, we're sitting here, should we fire him? You know, Mike Norville at Florida State, in year two, they were like, hey, man, like, this guy, he ain't working out. Should we fire him? Uh, yeah, it's just – I know those questions are going to come about. So, you just really have to hope that Peyton Thorne gets his full spring, he gets his summer workouts, he gets his fall camp, and he fully fits what Hugh Freeze is trying to do. And there's no more back and forth uh, with – you know, Philip Montgomery's got this game plan. Hugh Freeze doesn't like it. We have no clue what we're doing. I think Greg said in the comments earlier that it looked like Auburn was running two completely different offenses last year, and I think it's because yeah. we were. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you had the you had the reports around the Ole Miss time that uh, one co- the coordinator was calling plays for one quarterback, and Hugh was calling plays for the other quarterback. Like, man. Um, if anybody ever watches The Office, if you watch The Office, you remember the the, the couple episodes where they they put Michael Scott and Jim in charge. That's what it looks. You, you can't have two bosses in charge of the office, man. You need you need one guy 
running the show. Otherwise, it all falls apart from the top down. It'll look like a clown show, and that's exactly what it looked like. Um, I got in here real quick and just verified that it was with them that uh, TJ came out and said, listen, I wasn't ready. You know, Bo got hurt in that game versus Mississippi State. I didn't prepare like a starter, and I wasn't ready to go. We go up to South Carolina, a very, very winnable game, a game that still hurts me to even think about, bro. Like, oh, my, how do we let that one go? And uh, we go out there, and, and TJ wasn't ready. That fourth that fourth down call wasn't ready. That was <laughs> – that's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. We yeah. ain't going back down them days. Boy, oh, boy, man. Yeah, sack of potatoes. Uh, that was that was the dumbest. I mean, you talk about – you're up 14-7. to 7. Yeah, boy, that was painful, painful stuff. But to the point, to Greg's point earlier – and to, to going off of what TJ said, you got to prepare, bro. Like, you are that guy. And it's impressive for Hank because Hank wasn't the second string. Hank was down, you know, Hank was down on the charts. Um, mm-hmm. And even you look at Robbie, right? So he was way down. He could have been at fourth for a long part of the season and to still step up and prepare and be ready when you finally get your opportunity. And I'm not saying that Hank Brown will be Tom Brady, but it's the most famous example ever, right? Drew Bledsoe gets hurt. And then, boom, the goat steps in. So, you just got to be ready, bro, for your opportunity. You got to prepare like you are that guy. So, good on Hank Brown. And it makes you feel good um, about the guy that Hugh Freeze goes out and recruits. Because Walker White, we've seen enough of Walker White to know that he's got that same mentality. He's yep. coming in day one. Walker, I'll answer all this to, about the guy, y'all that think Walker White's going to be that guy. Walker White thinks he's going to be that guy. Absolutely. Walker White stepping in and preparing like he's going to be the guy. And those are the kind of dogs – that we just kind of have to give you a couple of years to get them kind of dogs on this team. But I am excited for the young man. Agreed. 100%. Could, could walk. What do we do if Walker does start? Like, 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 I mean, that, that right there tells me that if Walker does come out and win the job, that right there tells me it, it's over. It's, you can't go to anybody else. He's the guy move forward. Take your lumps. If he does win it, uh, yeah. good for him. Uh, I mean, I'll be hype. I'll be like, hey, let's yeah. ride. And then yeah. if, if it happens, I will just – we'll be on here, Blake, preaching patience and preaching consistency. I don't know how many people are going to listen to us, but <laughs> we'll, we'll, definitely, we'll definitely be trying to trying to get it to everybody. Say, look, guys, the link is in the description. You want to look good, go down to that – man, get that Bonner Supply Company. Look at that hat all the way over there on the right, Blake. Look at that, that Barner Supply, man. Uh, go over there and check that out. Link is in the description. Hit that up. Our guy Matthew over there, he's a great guy. They got tons of stuff, just came in. So go over there, help out our sponsors, support them. That would be awesome. We love you, and we would appreciate you. That stuff's flying off the shelves over there, man. Every time he drops something on Twitter, he's, if he's got 25 hats, he sells out of 25 hats. So hit that link, bro. Hit that link and uh, help us out and help him out. Hey, Bob. Bob said Crotchfield has to be the best name ever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And look, we, uh, we'll use that to get over here and talk about that, Blake. Last night, the baseball team, opening day, bro, we take the mound. Ten-run rule, Eastern Kentucky, 17-6. to six. The Ike Irish show, uh, our guy Chase also gets to start opening day. I think that's big for him. Uh, gonzo day today, but just your initial thoughts last night of the beatdown, man, the Ike Irish show and some of the new guys. I thought it was a great performance from the Auburn Tigers. I think Chase also pitched well. Uh, I think he made, you know, a, about five, six bad pitches and he got called on two of them. Uh, that one inning was not his fault. 
He had two errors in the in the infield. Uh, Derek Fabian mishandled a ball, couldn't get the ball out of his glove. Coop mishandled a ball over there at first, and uh, they 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 scored some runs off of that. But ultimately, I think Chase also was electric. Uh, I think he worked ahead in counts for the most part. He threw a lot of strikes, and uh, the, the velocity on the fastball is always going to be in his favor. Anytime you're throwing 96, 97 miles an hour. Uh, you're you're gonna you're gonna be a guy. So at the plate, I thought Auburn for the first game of the season. I thought Auburn swung it well. Uh, I I think there was uh, some great abs from guys that we expected. Seeing seeing uh, Chris Stanfield come up and his first swing of the year. Mm. I mean, he just absolutely crushes a ball to left center and it gets over the wall. Um. Chris is a guy that I watch struggle in the fall a little bit. And he just – he wasn't really seeing the the baseball, and that happens, right? It happens. You're going to fall into a slump. That's baseball. We, we get it. It's going to happen. But Chris is that guy that we said, hey, we need, we need him to win. Like, he's got to be a key factor. And last night, my, my buddy P-Pass <clears> – <throat> He said, why isn't Stanfield leading off? And I said, P-Pass, he's not leading off because Butch believes that Chris Stanfield in the six hole is going to create more RBI opportunities. All right, mm-hmm. So when Chris steps up to the plate, he's going to have more people on base to drive in. And they're really looking at Chris Stanfield to have some pop in the bat this year. And bang, you see Chris Stanfield right. steps up. He hits a bomb. He gets on base. He can change the game just by – him getting on the bags. That's how dynamic of a player he is. Chris Stanfield can take over a game with 90 feet. That's how great he is. And and we saw that last year in the Mississippi State game. We popped a bun up to the catcher, folks, and he tagged from first and went to second. And we ended up scoring that run to, to win that game. That's how Chris Stanfield can change a game. Um, I think we got – Two guys on our left side, Cooper Weiss, Derek Fabian, they just got to get comfortable. It was their first game with Auburn last night. You could tell there were some butterflies. They just got to get comfortable. Both dudes are studs. Um, But as far as the outfield, like, I think Auburn has one of the best outfields in the country. Mason Maynard's first A.B. hits a double in the gap. Uh and, and we know what he can do in left, and he's a great outfielder. Center field, like I said with Chris, I, I'm not sure uh, who you can really throw in center field and try to compete with that guy in the country. I'm talking about country. I'm not talking about just SEC. And then, obviously, in right, you got Bobby Barrels. So, Ike Irish, in my opinion, I you can call me Homer, you can call me Boog, whatever – I think Ike Irish is the best player in college baseball. And I'm not saying that lightly. I think he is pound for pound uh, the best player in college baseball. He can do it all. He can play first base. He can catch. He can DH. He can play right field. He can hit bombs. He can hit for average. He can hit from first baseline to third baseline. He can do it all. He's just that good. He will play in the major leagues. Soon, all right. He's that good. His bat 
will move from college baseball to the pros. The kid is special. So when I look at this Auburn baseball team, if the pitching staff can figure out that third spot in the rotation, because you're going to see Gonzo go today, if you can figure out that third spot in the rotation and you can lock that down, whether who, it could be anybody. Right? That Auburn has a plethora of guys that can step into that third spot. But whoever it is, you lock it down. Your bullpen is going to be absolutely filthy. Will Cannon, Tanner Bauman, I mean, just Zach Crotchfelt. You can go on and on and on. Armstrong, just on and on and on with names that are going to come out of that pen and have really good innings. So I'm going to stay on my prediction for Auburn baseball. I think they're a team that will be in the College World Series, and I'm not backing off of it. Yeah, no, I'm with you, bro. Um, I'm really excited to see Gonzo today. I mean, if Auburn's going to make it to Omaha, you're going to need Gonzo, right? I think we did yep. a, a really impressive job last year, like Butch always will, when guys get hurt of, of piecing together a staff and finding a way to get to the postseason. But um, you get you get Gonzo back, you get the real Gonzo fully healthy, and all of a sudden, man, and, and the way Gonzo pitches, Blake, is he can go out there and give you six, seven innings and only throw 50, 65 pitches. And now your bullpen is, is, you know, you can save your bullpen for a whole day. Like Gonzo does more. It's not only does he come out there and give you a good performance. He's going to help your bullpen out. He's going to help your arms get a day of rest when he can go deep and only have to throw 70 pitches doing it. Um, So there's a lot of, there's just a lot that he brings to the table. And I think psyche wise for this team, knowing, okay, we got our dog. We got our ace back, our guy that's going to go out there. We can throw him out there. We know, we feel like we got to win on the weekend, but we just got to find one somewhere else. You know, If, if he's going to be the Saturday starter throughout the season, um, then we just got to find a win on Friday or find a win on Sunday. And I want to give a shout out to the Auburn fans because me and Blake are going to continue to do this and pound it because we look at Ole Miss. We look at Mississippi State. Let me tell you all something. Blake was telling me before we got on here about a guy that live streams LSU baseball that gets over a thousand people in the live chat for a baseball game. Yep. Boy, I can't tell y'all what I do to get 500 views on a baseball episode. And I get it. You know, every fan base has its thing. Um, but Auburn, the school, has been challenging the fans to come out, create an environment and atmosphere for a program that deserves it. It's one of the best programs on campus. And last night, I saw stands in the outfield. I saw a student section. Uh, I love how close everybody was behind home plate. Over 4,000 people for opening day. Um, getting out, everybody wearing beanies and jackets. That's not baseball weather. Um, y'all see me in Plainsman in March. I'll just be real with y'all. Y'all, <laughs> y'all, I will be there, I promise, damn near every weekend. But you had to give me a couple weeks. I don't do baseball in hoodies. I don't do baseball in hoodies, Miss Crotchfield. I don't do it. I'm a Florida boy, okay? I will get to the ballpark when the sun come out. But – Big shout-out to everybody, man. Uh, a great atmosphere, uh, a deep team. So I'm excited to see Gonzo today. I want to yep. see him go, you know, five, six deep. I don't know exactly what the plan is. Um, I don't know if he's on a pitch count or not. I don't think he is, right? He's pretty – I know that Bush he's, has been – yeah, Bush has been pounding him, trying to get him yeah. ready. So He's good to go. Good deal. So, yeah, I hope that, I hope to, uh, we see him go deep. And I, obviously we pray it's not something like last year where he comes out opening weekend, looks great, and then we don't see him again. So um, really excited to see Gonzo, dude. <laughs> And uh, we just, let's clean up some of the stuff in the field, you know, a little mm-hmm. sloppy, but it was opening day. And then to your point on Chris Stanfield, if that guy can develop power to where 
what do you have? Three home runs last year. If Chris just gets to the point, Blake, where he's around nine or ten, like oh. man, what, what a what a what a jump that would be for his yeah. game, right? If he hits, if he, if Chris Stanfield hits ten bombs, which it's looking like he's well on the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you. It's uh, <laughs> it's um. It's going to be a great year for Auburn baseball if he hits 10 bombs. I can tell you that. If you've got that kind of pop coming from Chris, it, like I said, Omaha, well on the way. Because Cooper McMurray is going to get it going. Yeah. All these guys, they're going to get it going, man. They, there's just too powerful of a lineup, and they're too deep of a team. We're not even talking about Caden Green is on the bench. Mm-hmm. And he was a starter last year. So right. – you got guys like Javon Hernandez who transferred who transferred in. You got uh, guys like Christian Hall who transferred in. I was really impressed with him in the fall. I thought he took great at bats, and he can step into that DH role. Gavin Miller is one of the guys that has extreme pop in his bat, and, and he was DHing in the eight hole last night. That's how deep this Auburn lineup is. Like it is there is a lot of pop in this lineup and they can hit. So uh, that was my one big thing when I dropped them, the members video is I told you guys that in baseball, pitching is always ahead of hitting, especially early in the season. Great pitching shuts down great hitting. But what I wanted to see from Auburn was them come out of the gates last night and be aggressive and, don't sit back and let the game come to you. You go attack the baseball. And Javon Hernandez gets up first pitch, hacking. And I was like, hey, I know he popped up, but I like what I see. I, I see a team wanting to step in the box and hit. I see a team wanting to swing the bat. And I, I'm 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 good with that. I'm good with that because I know Auburn wants to hit and they want to get it going early. So, Dustin, I think this team, if they can finish, if they can figure out – that third spot in the rotation, they can be absolutely deadly. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, talking about that outfield real quick. Look, Bobby Pierce is that dude. And when you talk about Ike Irish, bro, you talk about stepping up to the plate. Ike is looking to hit. Now, look, he's not going to swing at anything bad. His plate presence was something that like 10 games in the last year, I was like, my God, this kid's a freshman. Um his, his presence at the plate, his discipline at the plate is unbelievable. But Ike Irish is looking to put that thing into play. He's looking to hit. It's, it's just so fun to watch, bro. We are so lucky that a kid that should be playing double-A ball at this point, okay, because Ike Irish should be playing double-A ball, is at Auburn for not only this year, we'll get a whole nother year of this guy. Ike, I don't know why you chose to come to college, bro, because you that – you could easily be on your way to the Major League Baseball, and you, you're going to be there one day. But I'm glad that you picked us because this is going to be a lot of fun to watch. And I'm telling you, man, I went to some of them fall ball scrimmages, and I know we really didn't get to see it on full display last night. But he's got a hose now. He's got a hose attached to that to that shoulder, and he's going he's going to throw some people. I'm not saying he's Nate Larue, okay? Because Nate Nate yeah. Nate was a special guy back there behind the plate. But Ike's got a cannon, bro, and I can't wait to see him uh, pick some guys off as well. He's gonna do that. So good start for the uh, good start for the baseball team. One o'clock today, SEC Network Plus, right? It's on SEC Network Plus again. 
Yes, I believe so. All right, cool. So y'all go check that out. Support the support the baseball team, man. And y'all know that we will continue to pound this, uh, the baseball stuff here. If you haven't, go watch our interview with Zach Crotchfeld. Honestly, one of my favorite interviews that I've ever done. The kid is just a blast, man. He's a really fun person to talk to. And shout out to our boy Tanner last night. Tanner looked good, and I know we're going to have him on pretty soon. Um, so, And then I got some comments real quick that I wanted to get to. Our guy. Man, they're uh, talking about snow in the comments. Uh, yeah, snow. yeah, I know. Ain't for I, me. Ain't no, for me. Sir. I, <laughs> Ain't yeah, for Brad, me. <laughs> uh, Brad says the baseball jersey needs to be like the hat on the right. And he is talking about our barn, our, our partners over at Barner Supply Company talking about that Barner hat on the right. Yeah, man, he put that on Twitter the other day. He was like, do y'all like this? I got three. And uh, he got way more than three messages about it. So he's uh, mass producing those. Those things are coming out. And to your point, Brad, this is my idea. Make Varner uniforms with those as the hat and then make Alabama have Gump uniforms. Yes. Varner's versus the Gumps. And let's meet up in Montgomery or somewhere in the middle. Let's find somewhere in the middle. Mobile? No, 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 no. Gump, they, gump. they uh, just let them come to us, and <laughs> and we wear those uniforms, and because we owe them payback from last year, so let them, let them come on down. All right, you come on down to the plains <laughs> because we owe them a little something after last year. And but I I did like that from Brad, and I and I was gonna say that what a better opportunity to wear those against Alabama. You just come out with the barner on there. Right. I mean that'd be sick. Yeah, like this is what y'all call us, so we'll own it. So, yeah, that link is in the description, guys. If y'all like that stuff, go check it out. But specifically click that link because that way it'll let them know that uh, that we sent you and it'll help us out. So, but yeah, that's good stuff over there. I agree with you, Brad. Uh, real quick, we're going to touch on uh, – Robert, I see your comment about D-line will not be good this year. You just made the decision, Robert. Congratulations. So, our next preview – uh, I guess Tuesday night we'll do D-line. We'll look at the D-line room, and we'll give our thoughts on that. Appreciate you, Robert. You made the decision easy for me. Um and then let's see, getting over to the basketball real quick before we get out of here, guys. We're about to get out of here. We've been going for 115 strong. Uh, so we got to get out of here and start our day. But I do want to touch on basketball real quick. Uh, Brad Browning says, AU basketball has to win this game today. I have a feeling that we may uh, have back-to-back losses after today. Hope I'm wrong. Well, the good news, Brad, is, is that after today, you got a week off. Or up until you got you got the whole week off. And if you remember, we who did we play? Uh, Florida. We played Florida after they had their week off, and boy, they look rested and ready to go. So, um, hopefully, we get this win today, and then we get the week off, and we look like Florida did. We look like we have fresh legs, and we look rested and ready to go. Um, I'm only doing this, guys, okay, because it's been working. It's been working at Neville. So, I'm picking Auburn in a close game. This is going to be the first close one. I've been saying that I keep saying it, and Auburn keeps blowing them out. So I'm going to keep saying the same thing. I'm going to pick uh, Auburn 85 to 80. That's not my true prediction. I think Auburn runs them out the gym. But I got to stick by the recipe and what's working. 85 to 80, uh, Auburn. It's going to be a close one. But Tigers win, baby. I'm going to say Auburn 83 to 75. Uh, I do think – Kentucky, I guess that would be – what's the spread now? It was at like eight, eight and a half, nine. I, 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 saw, keeps, I saw it at nine last night. Okay, I so, I yeah, I figured this would be right around the spread. I don't think Kentucky comes in. They just don't have – they don't have the scoring options. It's like Reed Shepard or anybody, like like or, or nobody. Uh, 
I watched them get bullied in the paint by Gonzaga. And if you're getting bullied in the paint by Gonzaga, then we got a problem. Mm. And, and I think there's a problem with Coach Cal at Kentucky right now. I think the fan base is getting restless. Uh, I think there might be a change coming soon. And I think old Nate Oates could be could be going somewhere. Oh. Uh, I, I, that's just my opinion. That's just my opinion. I'm maybe could happen. Could happen. Either Louisville or Kentucky. You never know. Throwing it out there. Um, but I, I, we got to win this game. Brad says uh, minus eight and a half is the spread. Yeah, I think it's going to be right around there. Uh, like 83 to 75, something like that. 87, 80. Bob says we got to win this game because we got to, we got to win the conference. Mm-hmm. Like, we we got to get that regular season, yeah, and man. it's going to come down. I'm looking at Alabama's schedule right here. They got a And M. They just come off an embarrassing loss at Vandy. Embarrassing, by the way. Tough to win on the road, right? Um, and then they got Florida at home, at Kentucky, at Ole Miss. So th- their schedule is pretty dang tough down the stretch. So today is a must-win game. Then you got Georgia. And then you got Tennessee. Uh, so, if you win today, I feel like the chances of you winning the conference go up uh, substantially. <clears throat> because I do think you can get Tennessee on the road. Tennessee has been suspect. You know, they've been really good, but they can be beat. I'm we not saying them there, we should have beat them there last year, bro. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like, like we can, we can win. In Knoxville. Now, do I give Tennessee the edge? Yes. But if you shut down uh, the Connect kid, uh, I don't, you know, it, you can beat Tennessee. So, yeah, Tennessee on the road is going to be tough. It, it is. Uh, but you can beat them. And we should have won there, like you said. So, today is big. Uh, and especially like after everything that's been going down with the trash talk with Kentucky, I think you got to just slap Kentucky around Dustin. Yeah. And look, I'm not one of these people. I'm not, you're not going to see me today on social media being like, Kentucky's not a real blue blood. Kentucky is a blue blood. Okay. Kentucky has been the standard of sec basketball for a long time. So I don't care if they're not ranked in the top five or top 10 that look beating Kentucky is always a big deal. They've smacked all been around for decades. So anytime that we get that get back, I'm going to enjoy it. Um, I think that, you know, I mean, undefeated at Neville, bro, like <laughs> it's hard to not pick Auburn. I think the spread is about where is about right. Yeah, uh, what He said eight and a half. So I like that. Um, I like Auburn to win. I, what I want to see today is my big thing is outside of winning, obviously, is I just want to see a clean game from Aiden. Aiden doesn't have to have 12 points. He doesn't have to go out there and do anything crazy. I just want to see a nice, clean, efficient game from Aiden. I want to kind of see him continue to get his confidence back because I think this team can make a deep, deep run. But if you've only got one guard playing consistently, then you're going to come up short in March. We've seen that happen to good Auburn teams before. We saw a team that had a great player in Walker Kessler and a great player in Jabari Smith not go very far in the tournament because they didn't have consistent guard play. And it's going to take more than just Trey. And if Aiden is Aiden has to play to the level uh, that he's capable of, or at least get a lot closer than what he has been, because what it does is it puts Trey in a position to where if Trey has a bad game and Aiden's not playing well, then, then where are you getting it from? 
Then you're looking at Denver and KD like, oh, my God, y'all got to find something from the guard spot. Um, and they're obviously more – their game leans more towards a two-guard. So um, I know Ike had actually said on the episode of Lob Town the other day, Ike had said he thinks that Aiden's going to be doing some more off-ball stuff. They're going to kind of move him, try to get him, you know, off of screens, get him some more open looks and that kind of thing. So it'll be interesting to see how all that works. But I hope that we win big today. I think we do. And beating Kentucky, man, I'm always going to celebrate. I'm always going to bug. Uh, Go over to War Report, check out Live Town. I might hop over there depending on how my day goes. But, you know, I'm going to be bringing that content for you guys over there either way. So after we run Kentucky out the gym, go over to the War Report, Live Town, and hang out with our guy, Ike. Like I said, I might be over there as well. It just kind of depends on uh, where some things happen around my day. Um, before we get out of here, guys, please hit that like button. Please hit that subscribe button. We've been going for an hour and 20 minutes. A lot of you guys have been in here with us the whole time. We appreciate you. Drexel, I hear you, buddy. He says the D-line will be good, but we need another nose. Listen, Tuesday night, we're going to talk about that. We will definitely get into this defensive line. And it is my biggest concern, I do believe, um, the position we talked about today and then that defensive line. Let me tell you a little something about the Uptempo podcast real quick. We talk football. We talk baseball. We talk basketball today because that's what we do, baby. We love all of Auburn sports. So War Damn Eagle, um, that's all I got, man. Make sure you hit that thumbs up. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Blake, I think we dropped four pods for our, our four different videos for our members alone this week. Yep. So if you're interested in the memberships, man, get over there. I'm telling you, we literally were dropping stuff all day and I'm dropping more stuff for you guys this weekend. I hope you guys are liking these recruiting breakdowns, these reaction videos. You know, Blake's going to come in there with the inside info on the baseball team. We stay pumping it out, baby. We ain't slowing down here. So we love our Tigers, man. War damn Eagle. Everybody have a good weekend, bro. Let's get some dubs this weekend. War damn. One o'clock baseball, five o'clock basketball. Show up, show out, support. Love y'all. War damn Eagle. Yes, sir.